This is an ABC podcast. G'day, Dr Carl here. If anything good has come out of COVID, maybe it's that most of us now have a lot more general knowledge about terms such as herd immunity, vaccinations and epidemics. And now that you have that extra knowledge, it will make sense that when two separate groups of people and their germs meet for the very first time, there can be devastating results. After all, if you have never been exposed to a specific germ, you have no primed protection against that germ. There was a terrible historical example of this cross-infection into an unprotected community in the newly colonised Sydney town. The British First Fleet landed at Port Jackson in Sydney in January 1788. Some 15 months later, smallpox suddenly appeared in Sydney, but only in the Indigenous peoples. Now, we're very confident about this because we know that smallpox causes very specific and easy to recognise spots, especially on the face. If you have been infected, you carry the spots. You cannot be an unrecognised carrier of smallpox. And we also know that there were no reports in Sydney of any person, European or Indigenous, with active smallpox before the sudden epidemic in 1789. Now today, smallpox has been eradicated, but it used to be extremely dangerous. Since historical times, about 35% of those who caught smallpox died if they had not been vaccinated. That's terrible odds. Interestingly, smallpox is probably the first disease that we developed a vaccine for. Chinese medical texts from the late 800s describe an early form of vaccination against smallpox called variolation. The Chinese doctors would scrape off the top layers of the actual smallpox scabs and dry them. They would then vaccinate or variolate the uninfected patients by blowing this dry stuff containing live smallpox virus up the nose. Variolation was still being used a millennium later to protect against smallpox. Now, the overwhelming majority of the Europeans in the First Fleet had already been exposed naturally to smallpox, and they had survived and they were immune, and did not need variolation. So the European adults were safe. But what about the unvaccinated children who would be born in Australia? What would happen to them with no protection if a ship carrying smallpox arrived in Sydney? The first fleet surgeon, John White, had the remedy. He, like many ship surgeons, carried with him a sealed glass bottle of variolus matter. In other words, pus from a smallpox victim who had survived. He carried it with him all the way from Great Britain specifically to variolate children born in Sydney. 
there are suspicions that this is related to the mysterious Sydney smallpox outbreak. But we still do not have proof that this stash is where the Sydney smallpox epidemic came from. Anyhow, no matter how it got there, smallpox was devastating for the local community. According to Alan Moorhead, and I quote, In April 1789, black bodies were suddenly seen to be floating in the harbour and washed up in the coves. Smallpox had struck. By May, the disease had spread through all the harbour tribes, unquote. Newton Fowell, a sailor with the First Fleet, wrote that the indigenous people were found, and I quote, laying dead on the beaches and in the caverns of rocks, unquote. And according to Professor David Isaacs, clinical professor in paediatric infectious diseases at the University of Sydney, and I quote, this outbreak killed 90% or more of the Aboriginal population living around Port Jackson, unquote. Given that no Europeans had the disease, how did smallpox get into the local indigenous population? We do not know. And that is the mystery. But we do know that about one quarter of a century earlier, British military forces deliberately infected North American indigenous peoples. The British commander, Field Marshal Geoffrey Amherst, wrote to the British colonel, Henry Bouquet, and I quote, Could it not be contrived to send the smallpox among those disaffected tribes of Indians? Unquote. And Bouquet replied, and I quote, I shall try and inoculate them with some blankets and take care not to get the disease myself. Unquote. And Amherst also wrote to Captain Simeon Akuya, and I quote, encouraging him to send smallpox-infected blankets and handkerchiefs to the North Americans surrounding Fort Pitt, unquote. And Captain Akuya did just that, and then wrote in his journal on the 24th of June, and I quote, we gave them two blankets and a handkerchief out of the smallpox hospital, unquote. Shortly after... An epidemic of smallpox infected the local indigenous peoples thanks to British action. But in Australia, we have zero hard proof that the Australian indigenous people were deliberately infected with smallpox. However, there is circumstantial evidence. One of the military officers of the First Fleet was the commander of Marines, Major Robert Ross, who, according to the historian Craig Meir, and I quote, had experience of smallpox use in America, both in the Pontiac Rebellion of 1763 and in the American War of Independence, unquote. But there's nothing in writing. How this smallpox epidemic arose is still one of the greatest and controversial mysteries in recent Australian history. And likely to remain a mystery unless some new written documents emerge. You've been listening to an ABC podcast. Discover more great ABC podcasts, live radio and exclusives on the ABC Listen app.